morning. I'm a bit good. I feel like I've stopped the worship. I was really enjoying worship then. And I'm like, oh, it's me. Um, so uh, it's great to be back with you. Uh, I came a couple of years ago. Uh, and I love the welcome. And just to encourage you, I'm going to be talking a bit about hospitality over the next 20 minutes or so. Um, but I was chatting to one of our volunteers yesterday and I said, um, she, loves, she lives up in Clay Cross. Um, and um, she said, oh, I was house-sitting in Little Over um, a, a few months ago. Um, and she came to this church just as a visitor. And she said she felt was made to feel really welcome at home. So, uh, so be encouraged. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, and, and I felt that again today. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, as, as mentioned, my name is Richard. I work for an organisation called Safe Families for Children, of which... I'll thread through what I'm going to share this morning. Um, we, we have a number of people that we don't call them safe families volunteers because we want to equip and resource the church to support families in their own community. So we just resource volunteers within their own church um, to support families um, and help people thrive, especially isolated people. Um, and so... Um, so Susanna, um, Hilary and Martin, Linda, a number of others uh, volunteer through the charity, but it's not for the charity. Does that make sense? Uh, that actually we want to equip and resource the local church because we believe God's vehicle for being the light of the world and kind of reaching people is the church. Um, other organisations, local authorities come and go, but the church has been steadfast, uh, hasn't it, for so many years. And... Uh, so yeah, anyway, I'm going on a random train there, but uh, but it's but it's great to be here, um, and we, it, it would be hard really to not talk about Christmas. I think for the first time yesterday, like I said, I did a training day, and and I, I'd held myself back, but at the very end of the day, I think it was the first time I'd said to anyone, "Have a great Christmas." I thought seventh of December, I'm kind of about there. We had a bit of a discussion about when the, the, the tree should go up and the decorations. It just felt, I mean, I, I can't blame anyone, but the 1st of December being on a Sunday is a bit of a pain, isn't it? Because your kids go, well, it's the first weekend of December, we can put our tree up. Yeah, but we've got church, we've got all the stuff going on. But then it's like the 7th and the 8th of December, well, way too late. And so we had a bit of a discussion. Uh, I never win those discussions. Can I just say, in my house... Uh, it's my wife wins it, then my kids win it, and then it's me. Uh, so if I'm in the house on my own, I don't do too bad. Uh, but anyone else is in the house, I'm not great. Um, but, uh, but I love, I think for me, the, the thing that I love about Christmas most is that sense of giving. And I don't know what is the, the, the best gift you've ever received over Christmas. There's been loads of things I, I, I love giving. I, I like receiving, and I think the, the best gift that I ever received, and my wife gave it to me. Um, so, brownie point there. Um, and um, and, one of the, and, and it was when I was 30. I remember it vividly. And the reason I remember it vividly, it wasn't necessarily the gift that was the best thing, but growing up as a child, I'd always wanted a Mr. Frosty. I don't know whether you ever remember Mr. Frosty's. They were a little snowman. You put ice in the top, you crunched it up, and you got slush out of it, and Percy Penguin squirted, like, synthetic juice all over it. Uh, and I, my neighbours had had one, and I was always really jealous. And, 
and I'd often told this story. And on my 30th Christmas, Christmas on Wednesday, my wife bought me a, a, a Mr. Frosty. Come on. You know, they say it's the thought that counts, isn't it? Because pretty much, I've only just come to admit that my parents were right. They were a waste of money. Um, so all that time that I'm not, my parents were like, they're a waste of money, they're a waste of money. I'm like, no, but I want one, get one, open it. I think he used it once. Uh, and it's like anything, isn't it? I don't think they're made as well as they used to. You put ice in and it basically broke because the ice... Anyway, um, so, but, but I, I, you know, we all love receiving, but I think there's as much love in giving, isn't there? There's a much, you know, I, last, uh, two years ago, uh, my daughter's 16 now, so she was 14, um, she was really into Taylor Swift, and, and so uh, one of the things that I, I know, we'll pray for her later, um, but one of the things that, one of the things that um, I'm passionate about is vinyl records. I love vinyl records. So, um, so I love putting it on, sitting down, listening to a good vinyl record. Um, and so part of my legacy to my kids, uh, very superficial, is that I both, when they both became 13, I bought them a record player for their room got a record player and so every birthday and every Christmas they get a piece of vinyl so I'd bought my daughter Taylor Swift on vinyl so she was really excited but she wasn't as excited as when she opened it up and saw tickets for her in concert in there as well and for me as a, a dad a, just just as a human being seeing the joy that giving something that really meant something was really powerful to me and really just kind of encouragement but but just showed an outpouring of love because actually giving my brother isn't the greatest at giving presents thinking about the presents that he gives so for a couple of years bearing in mind we have a very small garden uh, and and for a while it was just concrete for a couple of years my brother bought me a garden gnome okay Probably because he thought it was funny, but it had very little. I was like, "What's that about?" And then, and then last year, I think, bless them, their hearts in the right place. But I think they, you know, you get these really expensive advent calendars now with perfumes in and stuff like that and makeup. Um, it wasn't necessarily one of those, but basically, I think they'd waited till um, the advent calendars were were on sale. So like the 22nd of December where no one was buying them and then just took out all the makeup bits out of it and just put it in a bag and gave it to, gave it to my wife for Christmas. Um, which, which is a kind of nice idea and you know, it's, but, but some people are, are better at giving than others, aren't they? And, and, and a lot of the time, I mean, we, it's interesting, one of the passages up there that, um, when Jesus talks about giving, he talks about, you know, why do you give? What, what is the incentive to giving? Because actually, we can give because of what we receive, can't we? So, so I might give my daughter something because I know she will appreciate me as a dad. I might go, oh, you have that because it'll make me feel better as a dad. Or, or I might give, you know, in, in the passage it talks about, you know, we, we give to our friends and family. We invite them around for lunch. Do we invite them around because then we will get an invite back? Or what is it? What's the reason behind our idea of giving? And what is our intention? Is it out of a sense of duty? We should give. We should be generous because we think it's the right thing to do. Or actually, do we give because it's an important part of who we are? If you were to be asked, what would be the one thing that 
that would be the most valuable thing someone could give to you? I wonder what your answer would be. I wonder what it would be. Would it be something that's like, oh, I really like this car, or I, I really like, I really want to go on holiday, and if someone could give me a holiday. For different people, it would be a, something totally different. But one of the things that I've kind of, and it's been over the past 12 months that I've come to realise, uh, and it's mainly part of out of coming a number of years ago out of burnout, um, was time. If you could get anything, or if you could give anything, I think one of the most valuable commodities is giving people time. Or people giving you time. Really investing in you and spending time with you. We work with a lot of families. Uh, in say families, we get referrals from social care. And the majority, probably 95% of the families that we work with, are isolated. So they have no support network around them. And actually, we, we, we often sit down with them in our risk assessments and initial assessments before we've decided to link them up with a volunteer. And, and we, off, we will say, what's, what's, we call it a miracle question. If something was to change tomorrow, if something was in your life that would totally make a difference, what would it be? And more than not, they would say, I'd like someone to spend time with me. Or give me time so I can be freed up to, to do what I need to do. Something simple like, we had the other week, uh, this mum said, I'd really just like a, a, someone to come and take my kids out, two kids, four and a two-year-old girl, take them out for a few hours. And we were like, sounds alright, what would you do with that time? And she said, I'd just clean my house. Because it's hard to do with a four and a two-year-old running around. Um, and I've been challenged with that, about that sense of, okay, who am I spending time with? Who am I investing time? Who am I, you know, grabbing time off so I can become a better person? And that got me feeding into this idea of hospitality. The idea of, who am I inviting? Who am I wanting to spend time with? Who am I wanting to invest time with? Who am I wanting to... Give my most valuable asset to. Um, Jesus said that when we invite people to dinner, we shouldn't just invite the people that we like spending time with, but actually we should invite, he listed a, he listed a number of different things, the poor, the lame, but actually the vulnerable. The vulnerable people in our society is who Jesus wants us to spend time with. To actually give a little bit of time. Interestingly enough, a, a few years ago, one of my passions, I love Jesus, I love coffee, and I love Doctor Who. I'm sorry about that, but that's, they're my passions. And one of the time I was sat in a, in a, in a, a, a national chain, international chain coffee shop, and uh, I was sat down just doing a bit of reading, and there was a regional supervisor doing appraisals behind me. Uh, and I quite like listening to different people do leadership in different ways. And they only asked two questions. So the regional supervisor came in and asked every store member what, uh, just two questions. And these were the two questions that, that they asked. And this was their supervision. This was their appraisal. Um, they said, name me five customers. So give me the names of five customers, what they drink and what they do for a job. 
That was what they were being measured on. How welcome are you making people in that coffee shop? Some of you will know, um, remember, I remember a sitcom called Cheers. You remember Cheers? Um, and um, and the, the, uh, the theme tune was, you want to go where everybody knows your name. That sense of home, that sense of hospitality, that sense, where do you feel welcome? Who's opening, who's opening space in our lives? Who am I opening space to that they, when they're with you, they feel welcome? Um, I've had to learn to be a good listener because when I used to do youth work, I did youth work for about 20 years, um, I was really good at asking a young person their name, but why they were answering, in my own head, I was thinking, what's the next question I'm going to ask? And so by the time they told me their name, I'd not listened. And so next time I saw them, I couldn't say, oh, use mate a lot. That's what you do, isn't you? Hi, mate. Hi, mate. Um, but actually... How are we making people when, when they come into our presence? Whether it's our home, whether it's our church, whether it's our uh, family, um, whether it's just our interaction. Are we giving them time? Are we giving them hospitality? Making them feel valued. Um, one of my other passions, I didn't mention this, is musical theatre. Um, love musical theatre, have done I wish every time I walked out of the house, everyone started singing and dancing down the street. Um, they don't. <laughs> in fact, it's me normally shouting out the house at my kids. Uh, that's, that is normally the, the thing in our house. Um, but um, one of the, So I'm part of a musical theatre company in Erewash because I live in Longeaton. And we're doing Godspell. Some of you may know Godspell. Uh, some of you may have done it. Um, and it's a, it's a regular theatre company. No, none of the people in there are Christians. Um, and so we're doing this and uh, I'm directing it. And one of my, one of the things that I felt was really important was this idea of hospitality. So what we do is uh, we eat together. So we spend time eating, different people bring food each rehearsal. We eat together. We ha- we, we'd call it fellowship. They don't know what that word means, but it's hanging out together. Uh, we eat together, we build community and then we rehearse. Um, and off the back of that, once a month, uh, me and my wife open our house and we invite people around to our house um, to eat together and just hang out. And, and I tried to push the boat a little bit. I thought, OK, this is starting to feel a bit like church. What else can I bring in? Um, so I brought in acts of random kindness. Um, so every week they pull out the hat, an act of random kindness. And throughout the week, they have to do that and feed back. So uh, this week, it's been... Um, Follow, when you're walking down the road, um, just tap someone on the shoulder and tell them they've dropped a pound coin and give them a pound coin. Uh, even if they haven't, especially if they haven't. Um, buy someone a coffee that you're, that's behind you in, in a coffee shop or just clear some litter. So I've got this group of people that are, are faith-based. They're, they're doing dramas about um, Jesus. They're, do, you know, they're talking about the crucifixion. Uh, they're even acting out one of the passages that we read this morning. And they're eating together and hanging out together. And I've started saying to people, look, if you've got any prayer requests, let me know. Um, my dream is that out of it, they start asking questions and we, we run an Alpha or a Christianity Explorer, of course. But that's, that, that, that would be a byproduct. But interestingly... We rehearse three times a week. So they're rehearsing now. We rehearse Monday night, Friday night and Sunday, which is a big ask. It's a re- and bigger than they've normally been asked, but we've only got 10 weeks to rehearse. 
So I was feeling a bit guilty about this, so I split it up. And, and, and we had some people around our house last Sunday from rehearsal, and two of them there aren't rehearsing this week, they've got the week off, and they said, you know what, I'm really not looking forward to not going to rehearsal, because I think I've found community. They were their words. They felt valued in that place. They felt loved in that place. And they felt someone was investing in them. How amazing is that? That actually, for me, a, 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 a fruit of my faith is that I want to create that space that actually people feel valued. And hopefully see Jesus. Hopefully see Jesus in that relationship. Um, we had, uh, so we, a couple of volunteer roles that we have. Uh, we have family friends that um, get alongside parents, get alongside children or as a family in a whole and just help them through stressful times, help build community. Um, so family friends is a key role for us in terms of help, helping the church connect with uh, isolated people outside. Then we have host homes uh, and they would be... Um, Homes, single people or couples or families that would open their home uh, for children to stay over for a couple of nights while parents are going through a tough time. They might be in hospital. Um, they might have financial difficulties that just need a bit, a couple of couple of nights break. So we do host them, and we have this one family. They live Heenaway, just up in Derbyshire, and uh, they were hosting this uh, <coughs> seven-year-old girl, and uh, they'd hosted them a couple of times. Uh, Mum had been in hospital, uh, and because they started to build a relationship, um, while they were hosting the girl the third time, they said to the mum, why don't you come around? Before you go into hospital, why don't you come around and, and just have food with us? Why don't you come and, and sit? So mum was like, that's really nice. I've never been invited to someone else's house before. I don't really know people. So they invited around, and, and the volunteer said, well, why don't you help me cook while the kids play with each other? And this mum had never seen a leak before, Okay. That's, she'd just never seen one. So she was chatting about this uh, and really kind of just engaging with the volunteer. And then they sat down to eat, sat down around the table, and this, this mum started weeping. She started crying, and the volunteer said, what's wrong? And she said, I didn't think people still did this today. I thought people only sat around the table on TV or in films. And she just felt for the first time part of something bigger than her. How amazing is that? Now, for that volunteer, yes, she'd had a child in her house a couple of nights, but she'd not done anything. It wasn't rocket science. It was just doing what we perhaps do to each other in church. I mean, Mother Teresa said, the problem with the world is we draw our circle of family too small. What would be the impact of Jesus if actually we widened that? And what we do for each other in church, we do for people outside. I mean, my dad's generation, and for some of you guys, my dad still does that. He goes to visit, my grandma died away 10, 15 years ago, and he still goes and visits her friends that are in care homes, because that's what communities used to do. Uh, and we've lost a little bit of that. And what Safe Families wants to do is help the church be able to impact their community and build community. Because we do it brilliantly, don't we? Like I said, that lady volunteer who come from Claycross, didn't know anyone, came here, sat, in, sat, in, sat on a chair and just felt warm and welcome. Don't we want everyone to feel like that? Wouldn't it be great if they felt like that but didn't have to come into the building? 
You know, what happens when you go carol singing this afternoon? And actually, that's the first time someone's knocked on their door and really invited them to something. What if that's the first time that they've really felt like Christmas because they're on their own or their kids are running around? How can we use that gift of time to be able to make a difference in our communities? It's interesting what we take for granted, isn't it? It's interesting what we have and we kind of go, actually, how would I cope if I didn't have all those kind of things? Just going to show a video, uh, just about a story from Derby about a woman who now feels like Derby's her home. Thank you. I think the most important thing for me is my daughter. Her name is Kazaya. She was born in 2016. There was a possibility that they were going to take my baby away because I was not physically in a position to mind a newborn. It was quite unimaginable to think that somebody could take that newfound joy that was within me. I had a call from Safe Families saying that they had a, a mum who was pregnant and on crutches because of her disability, who was absolutely determined she was keeping her baby. And I thought, I want to do everything I can to help that happen. It didn't take us long to, to, <laughs> to develop quite a good and close relationship. We used to go out for coffees, play dates. She would introduce me to different people. Volunteering isn't something you do on your own. I could see straight away that Daphne needed more people in her life and people in Kaziah's life as well. My mum, she died when I was 10 and I feel like, you know, everyone, when they have their first child, they usually have the mum to support them and I feel like Helen has come to play a role that I probably wouldn't have had anyone to play for me. Say families helped me feel like I did belong and I'm hopeful about the future and I'm happy. <laughs> Definitely happy, yeah. It's interesting what a little bit of time can make a huge bit of difference. I think we will all give things this Christmas. We will all kind of, you know, spend time with people. We will give gifts and some of them, some of them will last for a long time. Some of them might last even less longer time than my Mr. Frosty, uh, which was used just once and then put in a cupboard. Uh, but just want to encourage you because I know the heart of Little Over Methodist Church. I know that you're welcoming. I know when I come through the door, I'm going to be, I'm going, I'm going to be welcomed with a hug like I did from Linda this morning. I'm going to be, you know, smiled at. I'm going to be, how much more of an impact if we kind of, the people that we meet or, you know, you opened up your home or kind of said, actually, I'd like to give a better time to someone who perhaps needs it. Um, I try not to use the word volunteer because the word volunteer uh, normally has two meanings. Uh, when can you start and how often can you do? And it scares people off. And I think if you speak to any of our, uh, the people that um, volunteer through Safe Families, they will say, you just do it when you can. 
You know, it, it's not about doing something else. It's about being hospitable. And actually, a lot of things that we do, we can do with other people. We can build community. I mean, God himself is community. He's the Trinity, isn't he? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, it's three in one. We're not born. People aren't created to live life on their own. They're created to be part of community. And what better community than the church community? Let's practice hospitality this Christmas, but more so, let's look at how can we engage with our community uh, in a longer term so that the impact of Christ uh, makes a huge difference in their lives. That hope and that love that we've sung about and talked about this morning is, is seen in people's lives that don't have hope, that don't see love. If you want to chat to me after, please feel free. I've got some kind of sign-up cards and things. Love to release the church more. Uh, this year we've supported seven families in Little Over that have been referred to us. Uh, there will be more next year that just want someone to say, hey, you're doing a good job. Or, hey, come and be part of something bigger than you. Love to chat to you or chat to any of the volunteers uh, that are around today that also do it. Shall we pray?